All right, welcome to this episode of the Thunder Underground Podcast. I'm Trent. And I'm Jason. And we've got a, a pretty good one here for you today, we believe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, we sat down and had a, a video conference, basically interview. Is that what you call it? Yeah, sounds like a video chat. Yeah, video chat with Mike Ariza, who's a guitarist who is best known for his work with the Frank Hannon Band during the Six String Soldiers lineup. He's also got a project with uh, Jeff Sandoval, who was a singer of the Frank Hannon Band during that time as well. It's called Mycorrhiza and Jeff Sandoval Project. Pretty easy to remember. Um, we get in all kinds of stuff, but before we get into that, we just want to let you know, as usual, to look us up online, thethunderunderground.com. That's our website. It's got all our podcasts on there. The links to all social media stuff, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. What you got? Anything? Me? Yeah. Uh, I have, I don't know what I have. Other than being I'm, sick? Yeah, being sick <laughs> is I've got something going on with me in the middle of July, and it fucking sucks. <laughs> but, you know, we press on. Right. You know? We are rock and roll impresarios, Trent, and we are going to get through this. And uh, what is helping me get through this is the interview we've got coming up. It was a great conversation. Uh, um, Mike Ariza was uh, very positive, very upbeat, and uh, it was uh, it was an inspiring interview. He's got a really good story. Yeah, and uh, funny enough, when we did the interview with him a while back. He was sick. Yes. So now you are. Now, yeah. It so I went guess right I'm, on to right, me. Right. But that's okay. <laughs> but speaking of uh, Frank Hannon band, we wanted to mention his new uh, his newest album came out in was it February I think. Yeah. And it's I don't know. You want to talk about it or what? Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, a it's a great album. It's. I think it's probably you know. It, I like it better than uh, Gypsy Highway. Um, I think it's right up there with Six String Soldiers. Uh, his voice sounds great. I think it sounded better each time he's taken the mic. Yeah. Um, you know, I love Heavy Metal Hippie, Lucky Thirteen, uh, Psycho Cab Ride. Yeah. Uh, it's just a it's a great listen for sure. Yeah, and the cool thing to mention about Frank Hannon is that every album he's done now has. A distinct style to it. Yes, definitely. And like his first one that he did, you know, years back, Guitars from Mars, was heavily, you know, instrumental. And then yeah. Gypsy Highway is more laid back. It's got a lot of acoustic and clean stuff on it. And Six String Soldiers, you know, is real guitar oriented. because oh, definitely. Because it, it's got all the, well, obviously it's Frank Hannon and everything's guitar oriented. But, yeah. I mean, it brings in all the, the legends that, you know, we get into in this interview with Mike and... And of course, the new one, you know, just kind of mixes all these styles together. Yeah. And definitely. like you said, his voice has, you know, come a long way in the last, you know, 10 years that we've been hearing uh, him. Yeah. A very long way. But, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, like we talk about with Mike in this interview, uh, just to be able to be on the same record as some of those, you know, Dickie Betts and Rick Derringer, that had to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Mike's also got another project that he's working on. It's called, uh, he said it's, the working title is Hashtag Co-Write, and it's, uh, 
a project that he's a collaboration album that he's doing with a, a well-known modern rock guitarist songwriter producer who's uh best known for heavy music and we get into all that in the interview so i'll let you wait and hear about that and he said he's expecting that out in sometime next year but in yeah, the meantime forward to it yeah definitely because he's he's got a um kind of like us loves really heavy music you know yeah. a lot heavier than you know what he's known for with frank hannon yeah and uh so this is pro- this will probably should you know show that side of his his talents and music taste Awesome. So awesome. looking forward to that. But in the meantime, check out his uh, project with Jeff Sandoval. You can find, I know they've got the stuff on YouTube and iTunes. They've got three or four songs out now, and they're all great stuff. It's, oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's the same it's kind of vibe Spotify. as... Right. Oh, yeah. It's the same kind of vibe as that Six String Soldier stuff. Be sure and look him up on Facebook. Give him a like. Follow him on Twitter. You know, do whatever you can to support, to support these guys. It's great music. Of course, like I said before, once you're on there give us a follow and a like and share this you must share it yeah you must it's gonna be great definitely well let's get into this this is our interview with mike thanks for listening All right, we're joined now by Mike Ariza. How you doing, man? Great. How are you guys? Great. Great, great. Great to have you. Just got over a summer cold. <laughs> it suck. Yeah. Um, so, if I, so if I cough through this, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's all good. All good. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, how'd you, how'd you get a cold when it's, uh, I don't know how hot it is in New Mexico, but it's like 105 degrees here today. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's kind of going around. Um, my wife had it first, but... Um, you know, just Friday, um, I think I kind of did it to myself. I like to run a lot and, um, was last Thursday, I tried to push myself and it was, it was raining outside like drizzle and I was trying to beat some times. And I think, cause after you run like that, you know, for 30 minutes, your immune system is pretty low and I didn't eat very well after that. So I think that just kind of made my body vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Hope that clears up for you pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, I'm out of bed. I mean, I've been in bed since Saturday, so it was it was pretty fierce, you know. Wow. <laughs> and then you know, during the summer, it sucks to have a cold because it's hot and it's humid, and yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but, but my wife, you know, she took good care of me. She got tired of hearing me complain, so she just <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting into the the music, you and. You and Jeff Sandoval have, uh, over the past year, as far as I know, at least three, three songs out. Yeah, three. Yeah, yeah. Is that getting uh ready, getting ready to do a fourth here? Um, I actually go out to LA this week to track. Okay. Yeah. Are you are you guys gonna just continue doing it like that, where it's one song at a time? Or are you planning to do a full length album anytime soon? Or? We don't know. I mean, we're just kind of taking it as it comes with schedules and stuff like that. Um, there's always been a lot of creativity uh, with Jeff and I. I mean, we've been working together now since 2008, 2009. And um, we've got, you know, so many ideas that are unfinished that, you know, it just kind of goes to with what we're feeling. Um, there's been a, a, a 
pretty big delay between uh, the last single uh, and this one. The original plan is we were going to do like a digital release every 45 days. And uh, although that's a very cool idea, but staying on top of that and, and conforming that with everybody's schedules and stuff like that just didn't come into fruition. Uh, but this song that we're getting ready to work on, it's actually done. We just got to do like the post-production. So uh, we're really excited about this one. We think this one really encapsulates, um, you know, where we're going and who we are now as, as opposed to everything else we were in. The one thing that we do like about doing a single at a time is versus when you do an album, an album kind of makes you feel like you have to have everything encapsulated into one vibe. Uh, or one, you know, it's dynamic, but it's static at the same time. You almost feel like, you know, the album has to have a sound. When you do a single at a time, you get to just make it a single. You get to focus on that song and make that song everything it is. And we really, really enjoy that because it, it doesn't put, like, boundaries and limits. And I know every artist says, no boundaries, no limits, and stuff like that. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of a you know, a, a, a gimmick almost, but it's really not if you really think about it from an artistic perspective and from a writing perspective and also from a personnel perspective for us. The thing about uh, Jeff and I is we've never really committed to like one drummer or one bass player. We've always, you know, moved around through all the projects we've done with different drummers. And the thing that we're excited about is on this, this, uh, this, uh, this new song, um, we got Chris Collier. Um, doing drums and Chris Collier is uh, just getting a lot of notoriety right now as a producer and a mixer and an engineer. And he actually mixed and produced all our other tracks, and so it made sense uh, to have him dream, uh, do the drums on this track. He did the drums for this All I Need track, but this time we're doing a lot more organically. Um, we bought some studio time. Uh, he was kind enough to take you know the time out of his very very busy schedule with all the projects he's working on, put down the drums, and uh, every drummer we've ever worked with from uh, you know from our OTE stuff to the Six String Soldiers to this stuff, every drummer has been a top self drummer, and he just comes right in in that in that category and just hits it out of the park. Cool. Was well, uh, do you have a release date in mind for that in the next few weeks or? We do. Um, uh, well, I go out to um, I go out to, uh, on Friday, and I'll be out there working Saturday and Sunday. And then I come home on Monday, and then Jeff is going to do the final vocals within the next like ten days. I think he's got some gigs that he's doing with the side project. Um, uh, I think within that time, we're going to find some studio time, and then I'll go back to Chris for post production, and then. Uh, from from there, uh, we'll we'll figure out uh, you know a digital release. We're trying to figure out you know how we want to release stuff too. I mean, we got um, so much digital environments now. Um, we're really really thinking how we want to approach this. Um, uh, we're not anti digital, but we we're we're gonna, we're gonna finish the song and then we're gonna calibrate and see how we want to get it to our friends. You know, because it's just everywhere and it's cool. But, you know, everybody has a different platform these days. I mean, you know, you have some folks that have Android, some folks that have iOS. You have some folks that want to use the CD in their car. You have some people that still want to buy vinyl. You have some people that only use Spotify. You have some people that use Google Play. And you have some people that only listen to YouTube. And, and so, you know, you want to 
reach everybody, but you don't want to spread yourself so thin to where it's not tangible. So that's the thing that I'm struggling with myself, trying to figure out how we, you know, how do we keep music going in this digital age, you know, and we're, we're not those grumpy old men that are cr going to cross our arms and just not want to change. I mean, I'm a, I'm a techie more than anybody else, uh, but I think that we got to, we got to, as artists got to say, well, who's, who's leading, who's leading the ship, you know, uh, are the tech companies telling us, you know, what to do, or are we going to figure out what we want to do? And so that's the conundrum I think we all have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh... You know, it used to just be the CD or the tape or the album. Now it's a million different things. And what do you do? You know, right? Well, and the, how do you how do you channel all that energy into one hit? To where? What I mean by hit? How do you get it all to one place where everybody can enjoy it? And that's the problem. If you put it across all these platforms, I've I've found that people don't get to enjoy it. So it might be something on YouTube exclusively uh, with a partner of ours. We don't know. Uh, we don't know. But you know, it's, uh, we might, uh, you know, we're already working on another song, so we might get these songs plus a song we're getting released and maybe another two and then put them into like an EP, uh, by the fall and put that out. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's smart. I mean, a lot of bands are just doing EPs or just singles here and there. And <laughs> that seems to be, uh, it just makes a lot of sense lately. Well, you know, the other thing, um, is, there's so much. I mean, on the, on the flip side, if you look at, like, for me, just as a fan of music, Breaking Benjamin, uh, St. Asonia, Tremonti, Disturbed, Pop Evil, uh, Lynch Mob, uh, Periphery, uh, Lamb of God, all these guys have new albums out within the past couple of months, and they're all great. And they're all doing these pre-sales and stuff like that, and that's great. Uh, Seven Dust is going to have their new album out uh, pretty soon. Uh, Lynch Mob is getting ready to, uh, to release another album. Um, you know, uh, gosh, I mean, there's just so many out there. And for me as a music fan, I, I, I say this is great. You know, it's but even as a, as a music fan, I'm trying to decide how I want to balance purchasing this stuff. Yeah. You know, I mean, being a runner, um, I love having my, uh, my iPhone and being able to put that in my jog belt and being able to let it play, you know. Um, so if I buy a CD, it's 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 a little it's a little bit of work, you know. Um, you know, you got to load it and then sync it to your phone and stuff like that. Um, you know, uh, you know the whole Apple Music thing. Uh, I set it up on my wife's iPad, and I'm not sure about that. Um, I'm really not uh, because you have all this music here, and you're not paying for it. Yeah, and I'm not sure if we're going to continue with that. But I put I put it on my wife's iPod, on her iPad and stuff like that, um, because you know I'm the one that buys the music and you know so I'm the filter. I'm the I'm the I'm the <laughs> deliverer. I'm the, I'm the she doesn't get a choice what we listen to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That easy in my house. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, with that being said, though, uh, my wife and I went for a run. Um, about 10 days ago and uh, you know we have our own pace and we run at the track and and uh, I look over and I, I asked what are you listening to and she's like she gives me the horn she's like I'm listening to Slipknot she's like it totally helped my pace and it's like you know every husband's dream <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. for your wife or you're you know I'll, I'll come home and 
she'll be, you know, doing her stuff and uh, she'll have the stereo cranking. She'll be like listening to like Disturbed or Tremonti or Seven Dust or something like that. And that's her <laughs> own her own thing. So I'm really lucky in that sense that, uh, you know, my wife and I, I mean, we go to concerts together, we travel, um, you know, she supports my music and, you know, we're, our, our lives are really centered around music in every way, you know, including writing it. Nice. Right on. Yeah, it's great to have that. That's fine. Yeah. But, the, you know, the, the thing about, you know, the, this project that Jeff and I are working on is um, this is a song that we had started last year. And then Jeff got busy with one of his side projects um, here locally. Um, he really enjoys performing. And so he's got a great bunch of guys that he goes out with that, that we grew up with and they do like the circuit here in Albuquerque. And uh, so he went and did that. And plus for him, it's good for him to do stuff like that because it really keeps his voice in shape because as a singer, uh, you know, doing studio work and stuff like that's not enough to keep you in shape. You got to go out and you got to sing in front of a band. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I could already hear just with what we're doing now that it's made his voice even stronger, uh, possibly even stronger than, you know, some of the other tracks we've done. Um, so uh, we we had uh, we had a phone conversation, and uh, I've been working on another project as well. And so I had some downtime. I told him, "Dude, it's like you know, people, you know, we get messages all the time. When are you guys gonna put another song? You know, is there gonna be another Six String Soldiers album?" He says, "We we we should really put something out." And he's like, "Well, send me all your ideas." And so I was going through, and we have this. I have this hard drive here of all our ideas. Um, you know, and so I was just kind of flipping through it. And the first thing that came up in the folder directory was that one because it was the last one that was archived. And it was like it already had everything. It was already arranged. The guitars were there. The vocals were there. I says, I says, what do you think about this one? And I sent it to him. I sent him a text. And he texted me back, you know, all capital letters. He's like, I totally forgot about this. And so it's a, it's a good thing. So we just made a couple of tweaks to it. And uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, I'm really excited to finish this one. It's got uh, it's got the attitude that I like out of music, and it's got the uh, the prime vocals that Jeff likes to put in music, and that's that's always been our thing. Is um, my wife's home? <laughs> Say hi. Hi. Hey. Um, the uh, the one thing that him and I have always kind of you know our our whole philosophy has always been you know he's that. He's that classic voice, you know. He's he's the Boston meets foreigner type voice, right? You know, um, that, I mean, he grew up with the big choruses. I mean, that's that's what that's what he loves about music is those big choruses, the things that make you want to raise your arm and sing. And I'm the uh, you know, and I, that's cool. I love that. But for me, I'm that heavy riff. I'm the you know, you know, I, when I was a kid, um, my brother had ACDC, Ted Nugent, stuff like that. And, you know, my uncles had, you know, the Allman Brothers and stuff like that. And so when I was a kid, you know, the Allman Brothers and Led Zeppelin and all that was stuff my uncles listened to. And my brother, you know, I'll never forget the first time I heard, uh, you know, uh, Cat, Scratch, Cat Scratch Fever and Highway to Hell and stuff like that. It had this, like, angst that was just different than Led Zeppelin and different than Skinner. You know, it was just... Yeah. Uh, free for all that riff that I mean that's just like the ultimate riff and so it, that's kind of like you know when you're a kid 
you know, that's kind of where we pick up our accent, you know, we pick up our accents from our parents. And I feel the same thing with music. That's your accent. That's kind of like how you talk. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the, um, that aggressive punch that highway that Hall had and, and, and Ted Nugent had, um, has always just kind of been in me. And then I started playing guitar, you know, at 10 years old. And then a few years later, here comes Metallica and here comes Megadeth and here comes Anthrax. And so I've always had that, you know, that, you know, edge, one <laughs> of, you know, heaviness. And then, you know, in high school, um, you know, there was a, there was a promoter here in Albuquerque that uh, controlled all the nightclubs and uh, he picked the songs that everybody played in all the clubs and he created this monopoly and I hated it. I hated it. And so, and, and those guys were my friends. They were about five or six years older than me. And um, Jeff was part of that circus. So he, you know, there was this really polished sound and it was great. I mean, some of the greatest musicians of, you know, in Albuquerque did that circuit, but it turned me off because it was, it was really controlled and it was, it was all just like pop orientated. And, and so I, I went to like the underground. I went and played in the yeah. in abandoned warehouses and stuff like that. And I played in a death metal band and stuff like that. Nice. <laughs> so I was, I've always had that, you know, the, you know, and, um, uh, not to say that I don't like the other things. And so the unique thing that I feel that Jeff and I have with the projects that we work on is we have that agitation. Um, and it kind of comes across with songs that we've written together, like um, Lipstick, Smoke, and Gasoline uh, from the Six Ring Soldiers album. Or I'm Just Saying, um, those, in my opinion, have, you know, you know, a lot more of my personality. And then Jeff and his, his great, you know, vocals. And then, of course, you know, Frank Hannon, um, he, he produced those songs and made those songs what they are. Um, so that's what excites Jeff and I about working with each other. We have these different attitudes, if you would, uh, ins set of inspirations uh, that kind of come together and uh, have fun and make rock music and have that, what we hope is an edge, but with a melodic uh, throwback type vocal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can definitely tell that because most people who sing like him aren't singing over stuff that's, you know, heavier, like, <laughs> you know, like you guys, like your music is and like the stuff with Frank Cannon was. So it's cool to, it's definitely cool to hear that. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and on the contrary, <coughs> excuse me, on the, on the flip side though, I mean, I, I still love the traditional rock and roll. I mean, it's still uh, deep in my heart. I mean, love, life and beauty. Is a song that people still talk about today, and "Love, Life, and Beauty" was an uh, was an idea that I had. Um, one Frank had agreed to work on an album with us, and I, I'll never forget, you know, just being up saying, "Man, I got to come up with something that's that you know fits you know that audience that fits Frank and fits all this." And fortunately, lucky enough for all of us, um, you know, I had that acoustic intro. Um, obviously, you know, Frank and Jeff made made it the great song that it is. I just had the little seed of it, the idea of the chords and, you know, little intro thing. Um, so that's still part of me too. Uh, Tesla was a huge, huge influence on me uh, because when Tesla came out, you know, modern day cowboy, just that punch, it was just in your face. Mm -hmm. We all remember that. Oh, yeah. I mean, to the day you still put it on. It's like, you know, it has that riff that Frank does and it just, just punches you in the face and it was aggressive. Um, you know, Tesla's the only band on the planet 
that can go acoustic in the middle of the set in the middle of the set and still kick ass. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. That's, that's you know, true. You know <laughs> I've seen it time after and time again. Uh, which you know, none of this would be here if it wasn't uh, you know for Tesla. I mean, I don't know if you guys know the backstory. Uh, real quick, um, about 2007, a friend of mine called me on the phone and says, "Hey man, you know Tesla's in town." They're giving away concert tickets, you know, they're having a guitar contest. So I was like, I'm, I'm there. I grab my guitar, I go down there. Um, and as it ended up, the winner got to sit in with Tesla. And so I lucked out, I won the contest. Uh, Dave Rude and Frank Hannon and Tom Zutat were the judges. And um, so that was kind of the start. So that was on a Saturday. And uh, so I got to hang out with Dave and Frank. It was totally cool. And then Tom Zutok came in, gave me the CD, and he says, I'm probably going to have you play these two, but learn the rest of them just in case. <laughs> so I was up all night, you know, learning all these songs. And the two that Tom Zutok had picked, we, we played. And um, well, prior to that, I mean, I wasn't really doing anything with music. And Tesla was gracious enough uh, to allow me on their stage they didn't know me from Adam. Yeah. And, um, they, I mean, they let me play about 25 minutes with them. And, you know, they let me play a guitar solo. I mean, they, they let me be an artist. They let me express themselves, express myself. And Frank and I, we, we went back and forth doing like dual leads. And that's really where it all started. After the show, uh, Dave Rude, uh, this was right when MySpace was, you know, really popular. I, uh, he took me aside. He's like, dude, he's like, you need to make a MySpace account. You need to get out there. You need to start writing music. And then Frank followed up, uh, gave me a different challenge. He says, he says, you can play guitar. We know that. But can you write the songs? You need to really challenge yourself in becoming a songwriter um, because nobody really cares about the solo. You, know, you need to challenge yourself about being a songwriter. I mean, that's not the exact verbatim. Uh, so Dave Rude gave me his contact information. And I accepted the challenge and I kind of just, you know, kept knocking on those guys' doors uh, for a while until, you know, next thing you know, uh, you know, uh, they connect us with their graphic artist and Jeff, he did the artwork for Jeff and I's first project. And then we wanted to get better. And then we were looking for a producer and then Dave and Dwayne had mentioned, well, Frank wants to get into, produ into producing bands. And um, so I went out, uh, took a couple of flights to, you know, success, to some Tesla shows and talked to Frank about it, sent us some ideas. And Love, Life and Beauty was one of those songs, as, so, as was Set Me Free. And they were about, you know, 60 seconds worth of a song. It wasn't really a song, it was an idea. And, you know, we, we made the arrangements and we went out. We went to California, we went to Frank's studio, and we started, it was initially going to be, him producing an album for us and it just it was so fun and so easy that frank you know frank and his wisdom turned it into six Wing soldiers and he went and added everything else he brought in dickie betts and dave manichetti and all those other great guys and and made it an album to me that i'm extremely proud of very fortunate to be part of jeff is very uh, proud of it frank is very proud of it um, we would like to do another one, but I don't know if time, you know, time and, and schedules uh, will be permitted to that. But uh, we really enjoyed it. 
Wow. So from from that contest all the way, I mean, it must just just mind blown. It is. It it was mind blown, but That's it's kind of like story. That's awesome. It, <laughs> thank you, man. Well, you know, it, I got to give credit to my buddy Matt for uh, calling me, you know, over and over saying, "Dude, you got to go." Uh, Matt's a guy that I grew up with, and you know, uh, at the time, I I told him I wanted to get back to playing guitar, write music, and uh, I mean, he he called me several times, and I kind of blew it off. So it was kind of it was it was you know it was finally get off my ass and go out and do something. <laughs> you know, I, I played my guitar guitar my whole life it was mind blown um so there was so many things i mean meeting dickie betts meeting dave manichetti uh playing those shows uh with frank and stuff like that uh there would be times you know where i when we were doing some of those six string soldier uh shows i'd look over and be like hey i'm i'm here it's me jeff and uh, aaron lee and courtney d'augustine and frank and and we're playing, we're playing these songs that we wrote together. We're playing a whole show. And then on top of that, there was, there was people that, you know, the Tesla fans would, would fly out all over the place to see the shows. I mean, I mean, all of us are working people, you know, and you look out and you, you see someone, you're in Florida and then you go to California you see the same people that were in Florida, in California. Well, you know, those people work, they got jobs. You know, they're taking time off. And so uh, at that point in time, I learned that when you want to do music, that you owe it uh, to whoever's there to give 100% in, in everything you do. You know, be sober, uh, be ready. I mean, because that, yeah, that meant a lot to me. That meant a lot to me to see people, um, you know, go across the country like that. Now, obviously, they were there for Frank. You know, they were, but they were there because of the project as well. And I'll tell you what, uh, I am a better person and an artist because of Frank and Tesla and Jeff and all, all that we've done. Um, it's opened up lots of other doors. Other projects that I'm working on um, are because of what, you know, took place because of Frank and Tesla and Dave. I mean, Dave Rubin and Frank Hannon have a pivotal um, contribution to who I am as an artist big time. Uh, Frank as well as me as a guitar player, you know, uh, taught me, uh, how to play an acoustic guitar, you know, just mm -hmm. all, of, all the things that makes him a guitar God he <laughs> kind of shared with me. And then I learned, I learned, you know, why Tesla is the way they are is because they were brought on by Ronnie Montrose. Yeah. And then so you just kind of see it, this, this Northern California thing is just great. Uh, the Montrose, the Tesla, and, and yeah, he kind of coached him and helped him out in the beginning, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And all those guys have that nature. Um, uh, Tesla is a very caring band. Um, they're very approachable. Um, there's there's none of that drama with those guys. They're just they're what rock and roll is supposed to be. You know? Yeah, yeah, I they're agree. Really, I agree. What, you know, now granted, there's a lot of other great bands out there, but these guys have managed to keep you know a majority of the members together. Uh, for this entire time. Uh, if you look at all the other bands that rose to fame in the 80s, uh, they're they're still strong, and they're still making new music. I mean, they just put out a uh, new uh, album, Simplicity, which was great. I'm yeah. hoping you guys have it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Definitely. and they're still playing. I mean, they're out on tour right now with Def Leppard, uh, killing it, absolutely killing it. And um, 
so yeah, I'm just really lucky. You know, it's uh, it's definitely um, something that uh, I'll never forget. And who knows, maybe down the road we could do another Six Feet Soldiers album. Right on. Well, Hopefully, yeah. like you mentioned, Dickie Betts and Dave Manichetti and Pat Travers and all those guys. Did they come into the studio and record with you guys, or did they do it on their own and send it over? Dickie Betts and Pat Travers and uh, Rick Derringer did. Uh, Dave Manich Dave Manichetti, I think, because of scheduling, had to do it from his own studio. Wow. What That's was awesome. that like uh, getting to record with legends like that? Um, well, just, you know, just to like every now and then I've got the album cover up there on my uh, – <laughs> Every now and then, I'll just turn it over and I'll just see, you know, Pat Travers, you know, Dickie Betts, Dave Manichetti, and, and Rick Derringer. Um, you know, Rick Derringer uh, is really largely responsible for what we have as guitar players in rock and roll. I mean, you know, he, I mean, he, he goes way back. Yeah. You know, way back. Uh, he's one of the founding fathers of rock and roll. And I didn't really know a lot of this, so Frank really educated me on this. And you know, they used to throw the guitars back and forth, and they were dangerous before you know, before anybody else was dangerous with the guitar. Um, so to be part of that, uh, you know, when I when when I look at the the credits for Sixteen Soldiers, I, I just you know tell myself, wow, this is something that will never happen again in rock and roll history. You know, yeah. to have all these guitar players uh, on one album, uh, just very, very lucky, very blessed. And and to know that, you know, these are ideas that Jeff and I had that formulated into this is just really cool, really cool. I mean, the, the plan was never to make it that album. The plan was just for Frank to produce us. Um, this goes to show you, to Frank's credit, uh, his ear and mind as a businessman and as a producer because he took these ideas. Obviously, we wrote the songs together. We made the album together. You know, the three of us participated in that, but he took it beyond just being recording. He, he did the marketing. Um, he, he's the one that got these guys to come along. Um, the, only, the only reason why, you know, uh, Dave Menachetti and Pat Travers and Rick Derringer and Dickie Betts even considered doing the album is because, because of Frank, but they had to have liked the songs. And so oh, yeah, it definitely. It just, you know, you hear about those cliches that all the stars were aligned. You know, <laughs> all the stars were aligned. You know, but the thing is, is you got to make yourself ready. You got to be pre prepared for the stars to align. You know, so Jeff and I had years before that uh, of hard work leading up to that. You know, it just didn't just happen. We had been producing our own work, music, performing out, recording. You know, just you know, no matter how old you get, there's always some new stuff to learn. You know, you could always learn. Yeah, definitely. Well, speaking of uh, learning, you uh, give guitar lessons, right? Yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, uh, when I have time, <coughs> um, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, what I do is I, I do them over Skype in this room here. Yeah. Um, I don't do them out of my house anymore, uh, primarily because it was just too hard to slot time, uh, and uh, parents are always late. And, <laughs> yeah. And 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 I don't and it's. It's terrible to make the student, uh, you know, to punish the student for it. But, you know, time is of the essence these days. And um, so I do it over Skype because it's easier. Um, so I have a, a scheduling fee and then I have the lesson fee. 
the scheduling fee is there to book the lesson and then if they bail out i still you know i still get paid for part of that time for booking yeah if i was in a predicament where you know I could do it for free. I would, but I'm just not. I don't know any of us that are in predicaments. Yeah, can't 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 waste your time or money for sure. <clears throat> you know, uh, you know. Hopefully, there would be a time or an event where I could go uh, hang out with some young aspiring guitarists and just you know share some stuff. Um, I I studied music intensively. You know, growing up um, around here in Albuquerque, the um, the guy to go to was a guy by the name of Steve Mays. And I studied with him for about 10 years and, um, and he was really my first real guitar hero because I would take him a, a, a cassette of everybody I want to learn and he would just nail it. You know, he, he's, he's really the one that taught me to be versatile. He's the one that taught me to play guitar. Uh, he's the one that, uh, you know, one lesson we would have a, a, a Stratocaster, a Telecaster, a jazz box, a nylon, a Les Paul, uh, and, he would, he, he would want me to play um, to that instrument, you know, telecast. He would want me to lean towards that country sound, mm-hmm. you know, arch top towards that jazz sound. And, and um, he's the one that taught me that a guitar, you know, guitar is a tool for sounds, you know, but you're the guitar player, you're the instrumental, instrumentalist that's supposed to achieve those things. And he could do it very well. I mean, he could play, he, still to the day, he could play anything. I mean, people here in Albuquerque, you bring up the name Steve Mays. Everybody used that nod like, oh, man, that's the guy. <laughs> and one of his pupils, uh, uh, his name's Tim Pierce. Uh, he's from Albuquerque. He's about 13 years older than me, but he was really, really big growing up. Um, that guy's been on – I mean, he, he moved to L.A., but he was a big inspiration. I mean, he would come back for the holidays and visit, and Steve Mays would um, – you know, he'd come down to the lesson center, and, and we would talk, and – and he'd give me points and stuff like that about playing guitar. Uh, but Tim Pierce is the guy, you know, Jesse's girl, Rick Springfield, that's him. He toured with Rick Springfield and stuff like that. He did some of the studio tracks for, uh, gosh, I mean, almost every 80s band you could think of. He's done all the country stuff. I mean, if you just look him up, I mean, his album credits are, I mean, phenomenal. He's another guy that, you know, just be well-rounded, be, be a guitar player that could fit anywhere. So those two guys, um, as far as just being a guitar player, they were really my heroes. And and so I try to push myself to have that well-rounded approach. If you're going to play acoustic, mean it. If you're going to play a Strat, represent it. You know, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, a, a marksman, you know, getting a 308, you know, <laughs> muzzle loader, shotgun, you know, they each have their purpose, you know, or a, or a motorcyclist, you know, a dirt bike, a street bike, a sports bike. Um, every It looks the same visually, but they all have their own purpose. And so and that's what I try to do with the instrument. Don't always accomplish it, but that's my purpose whenever I, you know, decide to take on a project. I'll, I'll try to find an instrument that will take on the attitude. Yeah, yeah definitely. Cool, cool. You guys play instruments? Yeah, I play guitar, so I, I can, you know, I, I get that, you know, um, you know, trying to trying to do a Strat versus a Tele type kind of sound and stuff. That's, you know, I'm not as good as you know I probably could be, but I I, I know where you're going for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, because yeah, and it's a challenge because you know you look at all the great Strat players. Obviously, Hendrix. For me, the best Strat player is Richie Blackmore. Yeah. 
hands down, one of my heroes. And then for the Les Paul, you know, Paige, of course. Um, you know, and then the Telecaster. I mean, uh, you look at what John Five does with the Yeah, television. I was just about to say John Five. <laughs> that he's guy does. Yeah, he's, he's a modern-day guy. And then you look at, like, the extended range guitars. Um, I'm really, really excited what the young guitar players are doing with the instrument. Bands like Animals as Leaders, Periphery, and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not that guy that's going to cross my arms and judge you guys as the younger guys for tuning down, playing seven and eight strings. Go be yourself. I don't, you know, I don't think us older guys should force those guys to play Freebird, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, why would you tell animals as leaders to play Freebird anyways? You know, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you, yeah, I, don't know. I love watching it and going. I have no idea what's going on, but that's awesome. You know, <laughs> dude, I love it. Check this out. Hold on. So this is um, this is signed by the original three members of Animals as Leaders. Nice. Can you see that? Wow. Yeah. That is nuts. That's their album. Yeah, I got this when it first came out. This was um, in 2011. Yeah. They came to town, and this was with their uh, original lineup. They changed drummers since then, and so I'm really proud of this. I'm still a fan of music, man. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You I know, I think I'm more of a fan of the music than I am, of, of, you know, being a guitar player. I think, you know, <laughs> I want to share that with you, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, and that's, I think that's what. I think there's no better uh, midlife crisis than listening to rock music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right you know? for sure. You know, it's yeah. funny you say that because the older I've, you know, I, I listen to a lot of stuff over the years. But the older I get, the more I come back to just the the good rock and the metal and the, you know, and I don't want to do anything else, you know. But I force myself to. But that's a, a good point about a midlife crisis. I can yeah. identify. <laughs> well, I mean. You're as young, you're as old as you want to be, and you're as young as you want to be. You know, it's. I, I'm enjoying. I mean, I'm enjoying rock music big time right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just picked up the new Tremonti Killer album. Great record. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, just heavy. You know, as far as modern guitar players, I think that guy is it. You know, yeah. for the guy that transcends the last century to the new century. Um, that guy works hard. That guy's I mean, that guy's just at the top of his game right now. Yeah, uh, that the minute you hit play on that album, it just smacks you right in the face. I love it. Well, yeah, and he's got that. He's got this good sense of uh, of this ballad thing, but it doesn't sound like you know a retro ballad. Uh, he's got that song Symphony, uh, Sympathy. Yeah, uh, that song is just blows me away, man. Uh, Pop evil. Um, is another band that I really, really like. I got I met uh, Matt through Frank. Uh, uh, Matt's the bass player for Pop Evil. Um, they're a band that uh, is on the rise for sure. Um, I love those guys. Those guys have my energy. Uh, their new album's getting ready to come out. Uh, there's another band that I really, really like called Nothing More. Right on. I don't know if, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but you guys got to look at them. They put on one of the best live shows they've ever seen. Really? Awful. Yeah. They are beyond awesome in fact um the uh the guitar tech from seven dust told me he's like you got to see the opening act because uh, we went to a seven dust show and i was like really he's like yeah he's like everybody's gonna be working for these guys these guys are awesome <laughs> and so uh we we left the hotel went to the show and these guys just blew me away 
I was so uh, I mean I bought it. I bought the vinyl record. I bought the CD and I bought the shirt. I was so excited about these guys, and um, they they just they they've uh, they've been on the road like Five Finger Death Punch and stuff like that. Killer band, you know. So so for me, um, I look at all these new bands and I I, I want to participate. I want to I want to be current, you know. I want to I want to write current music and um, you know, but with a balance, you know. Uh, I got another project that I'm working on here that got suspended temporarily. Um, uh, it started in the fall um, of last year, the writing process, and um, it went going. And then we started doing the vocals. And then my dad, um, he retired. He got forced into retirement because of health reasons Yeah. Uh, in February. And so I says, well, I'm just going to kind of, I'm not going to work as much and I spent some time with my dad. Yeah. You know, my dad's 82 years old, um, worked his whole life. Um, you know, uh, did two tours in the military, wow. um, you know, worked for the post office, um, for over 50 years. And, um, you know, when you, that's all your, I mean, your whole life is work. Yeah. And now he just sits at home. Uh, so I try to take at least one or two days a week and just go hang out, get him out of the house. Yeah, yeah, you got to. You know, take him around. You know, just you know, he he's got about ninety minutes in him. You know, until he gets fatigued and let's go. <laughs> yeah, you know, the album will, will. So with that being said, the album will be done when it's be done. You know. Yeah. Um, this album, I'm really ex excited about. This could be a completely different project than anything I've ever done. Um, it's going to be more modern. It's going to have. It's going to be a lot heavier. It's gonna be around that like, like a Seven Dust, like Mark Tremonti type. Heavy. It's got all the personnel um, that will meet that type of criteria. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Um, now that'll be good to hear. Yeah, it's the demos are great. You know, I've let my close friends hear the demos, and they're like, "Well, when are you gonna release it?" I'm like, "Well, it's not done yet." They're like, "It sounds done to me, dude." <laughs> <coughs> There's a lot of work to be done with that, you know. So. Um, but back to the project that Jeff and I are working on. Um, you know, Jeff and I have a really great relationship. Um, we can take a few months off and we can pick up right where we left off. And we already know, um, we know each other. It's kind of like a school of fish, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys, you know, I'm sure you guys are doing this because you know each other and you trust each other. Yeah. You know, you're, you know each other's limits. You know, you know each other's weaknesses and strengths. There's no figuring out. You can just kind of go out and be a team. Yeah. You know. Definitely. Yeah. And we can be honest with each other. Um, and I think that's with anything that that you're going to work in with anything in life. If you can't be honest with each other, I don't think you can really be with each other. You know, in any type of relationship. Yeah, definitely. Got to. Yeah, you've got to. You've got to put it out there. You know. <laughs> Same yeah. mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, the ultimate thing is, is we we love each other as brothers, and, and part of that love is respecting each other, respecting each other's space, opinion, and uh, artistic desires. You know, we I mean, we tread over it. What do you mean by that? So, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to say? Yeah. Yeah. And what do you want to say? And we always have a, 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 a like a direction, a point. Um, like, well, we haven't done a song like this, like, 
but we'll look at it as, as an, at another artist. A prime example is there's a song on uh, the Six String Soldiers album called To the Light. And when we came up with that idea, before we took it to Frank, we were like, you know, we were, at the time, we were huge Lenny Kravitz fans. Like, we should have something like that that's bouncy, that, like, just that, that greasy Afro rock and, rock and roll, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just that, you know, that Lenny Kravitz thing, man, standing in front of an old Marshall, you know, with a Les Paul going too low, you know, yeah. some bell-bottom jeans. We need to have something like that. <laughs> and that's how we, that's how we come up with songs, you know? It's still that, that high school kid, you know, just thinking of things, you know, we, I, I think it's, I think it keeps you young and heart, you know, Definitely. that's how, yeah. that's how, that's how we dream up songs, you know, as so we were just, we're talking about these new ideas, you know, we always, that's how him and I come up with ideas. We point to our heroes. Well, what have our heroes done? Because obviously nobody's going to do nothing new. Who's yeah. going to do anything new? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Beatles already wrote all the great songs. All we do is remix them. Yeah. <laughs> That's, right? a, that's a yeah. good point, you know, because like no matter what you do, everything's been done. So, yeah, you just got to do stuff that sounds good, makes you feel good. Yeah, man. Just participate. You know? <laughs> yeah. You just got to rewrite the Tony Iommi riff some other way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, play it backwards. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Remember doing that when we were kids when, the, yeah. when they would say that this song backwards, satanic? Did you ever get to the end kind of go backward to hear it? Yeah. Yeah. But I had, you know, I've, when I was a kid, I wasn't really that cool. I just had my brother's Alabama record, but I tried to turn it backwards. Yeah. But it didn't get quite as evil as, you know, Black Sabbath or something. No, but I, you know, I used to do that. Just, you know, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I'll never forget my, uh, my grandmother. When I first time I brought home a Slayer, Rain and Bread record. <laughs> oh, it was Hell Waits. Hell awaits the intro. It has all that, like, sounds like you're in hell. Yeah, that's a great record, yeah. My grandma being the stark Catholic she is, you know, a little <laughs> throwing water on me and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. She's looking out for you. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Slayer, man. I mean, that's another band you know, growing up that, you know, and look now, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that those guys have been around for, what, over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Hell Awaits. That's my favorite Slayer record. That's just a badass raw album. I love that album. You know, that's that's how I spent my youth, man. Slayer, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, um, Testament, Suicidal Tendencies. Um, yeah, then, if you're one of us. You're one of us. <laughs> yeah. You know, then there was SOD, Stormtroopers or Do, uh, Stormtroopers or Death. Um, you know, all that, but then amidst all that, I mean, I was still listening to Dawkins, Rat, um, yeah. and I'll admit it, man, I like Bon Jovi. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, know, I'm the same yeah. way, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Tesla, Striper. Um, speaking of Striper, have you heard the new Striper? Yes, actually, not I heard it yet. yesterday. I have not heard it yet. Yeah. Well, one song. Yeah. You know, uh, Clint Lowry from uh, Seven Dust. Uh, helped them with that song. They did a co-write. Yeah. Wow. Did you uh, did you like the Sweet Lynch? Have you heard that yet? I love the Sweet Lynch. Yeah, that was a good one. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I tell everybody that's the album that Dawkins never made. <laughs> right. <laughs> you you are correct. <laughs> In fact, yeah, Chris Collier, the guy that's playing drums <laughs> for us, he he mixed that. I think he mixed that album. I have it somewhere. 
I think he mixed that album. I know he did. A, I don't. I don't know if he did all the mix, but I know he worked on the audio with that. Right. Um, and Chris Collier is also going to do the final production on this track. This track's going to be loud um, and obnoxious, like in a good way. I like you know punch. Yeah, you know, definitely. That's what, that's what I like about Chris Collier is um, as a as an engineer, he brings that punch. Um, did you guys hear the new Shine Down? Cut the cord. I haven't heard it yet. Yeah, I he heard it. Has, yeah. Yeah, those those guys did right. I'm glad that they came out with that. That was that was killer. Um, what's another one that I was really into? Saint Asonia. I still haven't heard that. I heard that one. It was it wasn't bad. It wasn't yeah. bad. I heard it once though. I need to listen to it again. It's cool. That's got uh, Corey Lowry. Um, who's Clint Lowry's younger brother, which was from uh, Stereo Mojo. Mojo. Or no, Stereo Stereo Mojo. Right. Yeah, Stuck Mojo. Yeah. And um, I Empire and Dark New Day. Uh, Dark New Day. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. Speaking of Dark New Day, uh, Jeff and I, one of our songs, So Long, uh, we had Will Hunt play drums. Oh, that's uh, cool. Will Hunt, uh, well, obviously he was from uh, Evanescence. Yeah. Black Label Society. Yeah. Dark New Day. That guy's played with everybody. That guy's a. <laughs> well, dude, when. Tommy Lee calls you personally to fill in because he's torn the shoulder. Yeah. You know, you know you're a badass. Yeah. Right. You go do it. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, I learned a lot from Will Hunt. That guy's a beast. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that's one thing that Jeff and I really, it, believe it or not, you know, him being a lead vocalist, me being a guitar player, we feel we are adamant. That's all about the drummer and all about the bass player. Yeah. Yeah. It's and, backbone. In rock music, I mean, the drummer has to be great. Um, and when you listen to Beggars and Thieves and So Long, Will Hunt, Will Hunt did both of those songs. And um, those are just out of the park type songs. Uh, we're going to have a, a challenge finding a drummer to play uh, a set once it comes time to do some shows for these songs. <laughs> That's a good thing, though. Yeah. Well, Chris Collier can cut it, but that guy's that guy's working on everything. I mean, yeah. Um, I know he's he's doing uh, he's doing so many albums now. Um, I'm just glad that he took the time uh, for me to go out there this weekend. I think uh, he just got tired of me bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he finally caved. But yeah, right on. Well, do you have plans to take it on the road at all, or just kind of keep it in the New Mexico area for now? Or we would love to. You know, the thing about the road. Um, especially even with everything that Jeff and I have done, we're very grateful for. Um, it's still not enough to create guarantees uh, anywhere to go out and make a sustainable thing on the road. Um, well, we, we, we do plan on, I mean, we would like, I should say, we would like to do, um, you know, we'd like to go back. We'd like to go to Arizona and we would definitely like to go to North, Northern California. Uh, Northern California is like a second home to us. Mm -hmm. That's where we did the Six Wing Soldiers album. We did a lot of shows up there. I think if Jeff and I do anything, um, it would be in Northern California, in the Sacramento area. Um, we got a lot of friends up there, and we could sell some tickets and go up there. Um, that's something that we would really, really like to do. We just got to get you know the the right people, um, the right promoter, um, the right club, and everything, and and do it at a time where we know that all of our friends can make it and 
um, get on the bill with a, with an opening band that could would cover the cost. To be honest with you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and and you know, and and I mean, we're all we're independent, so everything that we do and everything we have done is self funded uh, yeah. from the start until now, and it's um, you know, it's but every artist now is self funded. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, and. Um, and and I think that's why it's important for you know, you know, for people to even just do the digital download, even though the artist doesn't get anything from that, really, you know. Yeah, you're you raising know. eyebrows. Well, you know, and that's, uh, you know, and that's where the you know the thing for me as a music fan, as you see, I mean, I buy the CD and stuff like that, but the CDs are no longer portable because we have these things. Yeah, you know, we have these. <laughs> The Androids and the iPhones, and so um, you know, I just encourage everybody buy the CD physically. You know, m most artists now are going to give you a digital download with the purchase. You know, buy the physical CD, keep it around. At least you know it'll be there if your computer crashes and your phone crashes. <laughs> you still have the CD, you still have the physical format. Yeah, um, I'm still a fan of the physical format. I, I don't know if it's because all of us are older and you know we had the taste of you know, opening up the the liner notes and reading that stuff. Um, it, it's just kind of stale just to go through and, and tap, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I think the film industry is, is, is filling a taste of it as well with Netflix and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, digital, and I don't want to bash digital too much because, you know, I make, I've been in the tech industry for 20 years now and I've watched it grow. I've been part of it and it's, definitely made me some money. Um, however, um, sometimes I really worry that we are going to convenience ourselves out of existence. Yeah, yeah. and I, know, I mean, it, it's almost a point where you'll, you won't even be able to leave your house, you know? You'll have everything there. Yeah, I mean, it's one <laughs> thing that I can't yeah. stand, right, one thing I can't stand is like we drive to go visit some friends or something like that, and they're just like, just like this the whole time, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're all guilty of it, you know? Yeah. Dude, come on, man. You know, <laughs> my wife and I, we have a pretty good balance. I mean, we, we put it away and we hang out. Yeah. yeah. I'm really lucky. I, I do have to say before we bring this to a close is that I couldn't do any of this if I didn't have a supporting wife. My wife, I'm sure you guys see, you know, from my Facebook page and stuff like that. My wife is very, very supportive. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, we're, we're, uh, we're best friends. We have a philosophy as a marriage that, um, agreement. You know, we agree on everything. We don't we don't do anything unless we agree. Everything has a pros and cons list. Um, you know, the album that's I'm gonna come out with next year was all her idea. Yeah. Um, because there was no work and she's like, Well what you know, you always wanna do an album with these guys, why don't you make it happen? Why don't you get on the phone with the management and make it happen? Yeah. And and then, you know, she she books all the plane flights, you know. She you know, through six string soldiers and all that, all the plane flights, all of the hotel arrangements, all of the um, rental car stuff, all the missed flights, you know, the budget for food and all that. She took care of all that for me. Right on. You know, and uh, <laughs> she did it with a smile and did it with pride. She uh, she enjoys it just as much as I do. Um, she's actually the one that really picks the songs. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I got my little work area right here and. <laughs> I'll be working on something and she'll text me, you know, I love it. Or she'll come in and say, I love it. And then I'll say, all right, this is one. And then I put it in the, in the folder and stuff like that. And there you go. Sounds like a good team. 
yeah, man, I'm really, really lucky, you know, and, um, you know, uh, family as well. The family is very supportive, you know, um, you know, when there are times where I do, you know, get to go out of town, her sisters come and they, they watch movies and, you know, I've got, I've got my kid, my kids are grown, you know, my son's older. Yeah. My daughter, my daughter's a teenager right now. And, uh, you know, she's, you know, she's, uh, she, she's a, she's a musician. She's an artist. She's also an intellectual. Um, that's makes me very proud. Uh, my son is a, uh, very giving, uh, very giving young man. Uh, he gives a lot of his time, uh, to the elderly and stuff like that. Uh, he just got a, a, a new full-time job, uh, recently and making really good money made me proud and it's just kind of weird when your kids don't need you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I bet. Yeah, I bet like um, you did something right. You know? Well, you know, it's uh, it, you know, time flew. Um, granted, I don't get to see them as much as I'd like, um, but you know, uh, they sure do make me proud. Um, life's good. Cool, cool. Right <laughs> on. I want to ask you one quick question before we let you go. Sure. I know from Facebook, you're a big Van Halen fan. Yeah. Um. So, what do you think of? Uh, that comment a couple weeks ago that Eddie made about Michael Anthony. Did you see that? I did see it. Um, you know, to me, being an artist and being a band member, um, I know well enough that it takes a team. You know, um, I'm not, you know, the ones that are talented enough to do it by themselves have been dead for a long time. Bach. Beethoven, <laughs> yeah. Mozart. Uh, for a rock band, it takes a team. Yeah. You know, and, you know, part of me thinks that maybe it was just a marketing strategy, you know, to create a new cycle. Um, I I don't know, man. I It's kind of like uh, I idolize Eddie Van Halen so much that I just – you can't really do any wrong. Yeah, let's go for all the other stuff. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's, it's a good way of putting it, though. You know, rock band is a team. Yeah, I mean, I you. <laughs> well, you know, and everybody has everybody has a part to make move, things move forward. I mean, there's no. I mean, I just look at the things I've been part of. I mean, Six String Soldiers is a prime example. That all happened because of you know. Frank Hannon, Jeff Sandoval, and myself. And then we had team members. We had, you know, Steve Brown on the drums. Yeah. Augustine. We had all these other artists come in and play. Um, all of those people made that album great. And they're all listed in the credits. Um, you know, and not only that, but we had, you know, Dwayne do the art. We had TC uh, in, the, in, the, in the back end, just kind of keeping everybody on time. And stuff like that, uh, you know, understanding when we were fatigued and getting us some some food. Um, you know, it, it takes a team out there, man. I mean, it's uh, a band has its 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 members, but they have everybody behind it that makes it successful too. So it was it was disappointing, but you know, I just think artists, you know. When you, when you create art with somebody, 
I mean, it's, it's very emotional and it's very, very private, but public at the same time. And when, with, with, with being a musician and I've never been, no one on the planet will be at Eddie Van Halen's status, but I think, you know, maybe he just, you know, he's a little, he's older and he, maybe he's not used to being around this technology now because yeah. everything you do is recorded and everything you do can be captured to where, you know, in the seventies and eighties, you know, imagine it could follow up and with a reporter and, and, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, definitely. I'll tell you what, man, I'm trying to figure out how to go see him. Yeah. Uh, with everything else I have scheduled. Um, Plus, you know, the Foo Fighters are coming to Albuquerque. I want to go see Breaking Benjamin. Uh, I still got to go see Tesla and Def Leppard, so I'm trying to figure out how to go see that. Are you guys going to go see him? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. coming here in uh, October. Yeah, and then uh, uh, me and my wife are going to see the Foo Fighters in Oklahoma City in September, so we're looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Yeah, man, I'm stoked to see the Foo Fighters. I've yeah. never seen them. Oh, you're going to love it. I mean, I won't go on, but yeah, it's it's gonna be awesome. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Did you have to take out a loan to buy the Van Halen tickets? I know that they're. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was talking about Def Leppard Tesla. Is what I'm. That's coming here. Yeah. yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. I want to see. Uh, I want to see Van Halen. I mean, I've seen some of the video clips out there, and you know, man, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen. He's tearing it up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he he's he's more than capable. Yeah. Well, you know, plus, you know, the stuff that he did on the Tremonti album, if you go back and listen yeah. just to the bass parts, <clears throat> the guy's a real deal, man. Yeah, that guy's nuts for sure. You know, it's a real deal. I think, I think that's cool. Um, I think that's, I think Eddie Van Halen was smart by giving him a bass. Yeah, yeah. And he's doing his own solo stuff, I'm pretty sure. So I, I, I really want to hear that. Let's see what he does. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad Van Halen's out and uh, they look great. They sound great from what I hear from the clips. I know there's some haters out there, but they're Van Halen. Yeah. Who can say they're Van Halen? Yeah, gotta love it. <laughs> you know, and you know, and I hope some of the younger uh, uh, people are going to see Van Halen to to see you know the stuff that we talked about. It's not you know, it's not like some fantasy. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know those concerts were great. Um, yeah. I think the newer bands are putting on great concerts. They just don't have the notoriety and the money that, you know, the bands of the 70s and 80s had, yeah. even the 90s. Yeah, um, show, yeah. You know, but I think music is really strong right now. I think that the digital age has given the opportunity for people like Jeff and I uh, to make our own thing, kind of run our own independent thing. Um, do I think that, you know, the digital age, as far as the tech companies, uh, creating this, you know, the Spotify's and stuff like that. Um, do I think that's put music in a bad position? I don't know. And I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I try to spend my time creating music more than worrying about what's happening to it. Yeah. But I do think it's something that artists kind of have to address and figure out, well, what do we want to do? How mo how long are we going to let the tech companies tell us what to do? Yeah, yeah, it's going to come to a head. I think we're still in the pending stage. I, I, you know, I think we'll eventually get to where you know we'll find out what it's going to be. But it's like we just don't know yet. I don't know. Well, you ask any artist, they just say, "Man, I don't know." Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the problem is nobody knows. But the good thing is, is there are people out there that buy physical CDs and buy vinyl records and want physical product. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, I'm one of them. It's, it's, it's part of, you know, my monthly budget is I have a you know pocket for buying music. Right um, I also have a big pocket for buying Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually on our notes. <laughs> Yeah, it went from sex, drugs, and rock and roll to Starbucks, running, vitamins, and yoga. No. <laughs> yep, got to love getting old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, I appreciate you, man. Any other questions? Oh, no, man. I think we're good. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We'll see you. All right, there you have it. A great interview with Mike Ariza. We'd like to thank him again for taking the time out of his day to do that with us. Definitely. Thank you, Mike. That was awesome. Yeah, and once again, be sure and check him out on Facebook. Check out his, his work with Mike and, I mean, the Mike Ariza and Jeff Sandoval project. And look forward to the co-write project. And, of course, pick up Six String Soldiers by the Frank Hannon Band if you have not got it. Yes, definitely. Yeah, it came out a few years ago, so you should have it by now. But if you don't, do yourself a favor and do that. Yeah, we, we'll let it slide this once. Just go get it now, and you'll be cool. And we'd also like to mention that this podcast is not sponsored by anyone. So if you are someone that has a business or a product or a band or anything, that, or you just have money that you don't know what to do with, <laughs> and you would like to sponsor the Thunder Underground podcast, <laughs> hey, shoot us an email at thethunderunderground at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or you know, wherever. Tweet us. Exactly. Hey, we're, we're open to talk. Yeah. And as usual, thethunderunderground.com once again has the links to all our social media. And I don't believe I mentioned it in the, in our intro, but uh, we've got a, a YouTube channel that has playlists for every episode we do. There's a companion playlist for this episode up. Just pull us up, The Thunder Underground, subscribe to us, and then you click on the link for episode 12, companion playlist, and it'll have all of a lot of the music that Mike's been a part of, and then plus all the other bands that, that he mentioned that we talked about. Oh, yeah. But in the meantime, take a listen to our podcast that we've done in the past. We've got 11 other ones up. And they're Some... all amazing, and they're all, <laughs> they're all stupendous. Yes. And uh, minty fresh. Minty fresh, as always. Well, on that note, we will see you next time. All right, later on. <laughs> <laughs>